Coming up on this half of Expedition Retirement, should your investing habits change as you near retirement? And boomers get the last word on OK Boomer. All that coming up on today's Expedition Retirement. This is Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler from Golden Reserve. We think of retirement as a mountain, right? You work your way up the mountain, you save, you work hard, and you have a certain advice that gets you to the top. But when you get to the top, everything changes. Climbing that mountain to retirement is only the first step. Do you have what you need to get down Retirement Mountain? Well, hello again, and welcome to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve. My name is Randy Cook. Greg and I sit down here each week and talk through this whole thing called retirement. One of these days, you're going to get there. The question is, are you preparing for it? Do you know what you're doing? And are you going to need a little help? And that's why we introduce you to Greg and the team at Golden Reserve. Greg, how are you doing today? Well, Randy, I tell you what, my heart's still beating a little bit here. As a, as a Buckeye fan, a week later, I, I was at the game. I yeah. was in the middle of the home side of Notre Dame with one other Ohio State buddy, and we were kind of you know, completely flanked and surrounded, and, and there was a lot of hooping and hollering and jumping up and down, and, and I think they thought the game was in the bag. Yeah. And, you know, that last second kind of sucked the entire life out of it. And I'm like, now you know what it felt like at the Georgia game. <laughs> like, I felt like they know exactly what we felt like in the national or semi-national, you know, yep. championship semifinals. And, you know, Randy, it was unbelievable. The energy, the the <laughs> night game, it was it was a fun place to be. Actually, I got tickets for my mom and dad. They were there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty amazing to be there. And it was a fantastic game. So I feel very fortunate. It feels like the Buckeyes didn't win, but Notre Dame lost, if that makes any sense throughout the entire game. It felt like we got outplayed most of the game, but at the end of the day, you know, there's no pictures on the scoreboard is what, you know, the old golf saying. And, you know, we, we walked away with a W on, on a pretty tough, hostile crowd. So, um, I was, I was pretty lucky to be there. Pretty fun. One second left in the game. One second. Oh. <laughs> one second. I think I'm still breathing a little hard about that one. That was pretty exciting stuff. All right. Well, Greg, I think uh, we have to apologize to our listeners because we have neglected to mention we're on our way out of September here. We have neglected to say that September is Life Insurance Awareness Month. <laughs> what what were we thinking? I went to the to cards at the grocery store. Nothing from Hallmark. I, I can't believe that they don't recognize this important date what organizations designate these months is what i want to know every time i hear one of these silly things i'm just kind of like who's making this stuff up and then who's promoting it uh-huh. you know it's, it's it's one of those interesting uh, phenomenons that every month has you know this is starburst month you know did, i'm guessing starburst had a hand in that you i know, think it, they it, probably did yeah it's kind of silly chocolate chip cookie month everybody's got it some kind of an angle there all right but i do want to ask you about this you get to be about 60 years old your kids they're grown up and that term policy that you bought when you were in your 20s or in your 30s has now expired. And you sit there and you get this, you know, notification from the insurance company that this is gone now. And then you look at yourself and go, well, what do I need now? My kids are grown. They're fine. Um, what kind of insurance do I need as I go into retirement? Then I look at the cost of it and I go, wow, OK, uh, it's different buying insurance at 60 than it was at 25. So talk to me. So I'm going to try to make this as non-technical as possible, but I think it's important to have a baseline of the different types of insurance, right? So when people hear term insurance, that's what most people are familiar with, right? You're in your 30s, your 40s, you got kids at home, you want to be able to replace your income while you're still Mm -hmm. working or some tragedy happens, and that's a term. So as it sounds, after, you know, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, at the end of that period, 
it turns off and you don't get anything, right? You know, as long as you live through that period, there's no payout at the end. And, right. and that's how a lot of people use insurance. And that's called term. It's also one of the most cost-effective and reasonable insurances. Mm -hmm. Then you have, you know, universal life uh, and policies. And then universal life and policies are based on creating, you know, what they'd call permanent insurance, where you're, you're trying to create some cash value as the insurance grows that you can loan against, you can take out, um, but it also has a death benefit. So they created universal health, I want to say in the 80s or 90s, because they wanted it to be more affordable. And it's on a term chassis. And what that means is um, when you're younger, it's it's inexpensive. And as you get older, it gets more expensive mm -hmm. um, as they underwrite it year to year. And it can be one of those things that it eats up a lot of your cash value later in life, but people are able to purchase it earlier. And then you have the traditional whole life policies. You hear the word whole life. Now, the cool part about whole life is that it is always going to be more expensive, but the cost of that insurance is flat. Meaning the once you buy a whole life policy, your cost of insurance, unlike a universal policy, won't go up in terms of the expenses eating out the cash value. And it's kind of a catch-22 because it is more expensive, right? Because you're paying more to build that, you know, I guess, cash value. And people use it in investments. So what people do is they end up putting money away and then they can loan against it so they don't have to pay taxes on it. There's all kinds of fun strategies with insurance and it gets kind of confusing. Uh, for most folks, they're like, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to get, you know, you know, you say pricked and pee, right? Like what you have to do when you get your life insurance, they're going to make you do a bunch of tests and, right. you know, you're, you're going to figure out, you know, if you're healthy enough to, to qualify. But there's some really nice tax advantages. Uh, I always recommend a book, uh, Money Unmasked by Garrett Gunderson, is a great book that explains insurance in a way that is very applicable to the masses. One of the big takeaways with insurance, if you decide to buy it, is if you know you're not going to use money, you can sock money away. It grows exponentially, and then it passes tax-free, not tax-deferred, but tax-free to the beneficiaries. So that was a, a huge tactic for people to transfer you know, their wealth to the next generation or their grandkids without having to pay tax on it. It gets a little technical. You know, does everybody need insurance? Of course not. You know, but it is a nice tool to explore based on your goals of what you're trying to accomplish with getting the money to the next generation. It feels like life insurance is kind of a dying industry, right? You know, you don't hear as much about it as you used to. And a lot of that is because the state tax exemption amount, it used to be estate taxes uh, were low enough. People used it a lot to avoid estate tax. That was like a big way they, they used different planning tools. And because estate tax is, a, you know, in the 10 million plus range now, it doesn't apply to the masses. Life insurance is taking kind of a back seat in some ways. So um, when we sit down with families, do a lot of people end up requesting and buying life insurance? Not usually, you know, but I do think it's a it's an interesting tool to explore if it fits your goals. And I think that's the most important part about retirement is that you're getting a customized opinion with someone that actually sells insurance. Because the problem, Randy, is most people won't bring it up if they're in the AUM world. If they're charging you 1%, they don't want money to come out of their system. Yeah to then obviously go buy some insurance in which they'll take a pay cut, even though it might be the best thing for you. And I think that's, again, why, you know, Golden Reserve always does the flat fee, because at the end of the day, we don't care where you put money, whether it be annuities, life insurance, you can have it managed in the market. It doesn't affect how we make our money. And in that facet, we're aligned. We're aligned on your goals, and we're able to stay true to hopefully providing whatever services you need. And I think if you're advisor in retirement doesn't have all three tools in the tool belt. The big three tools, right, are money management, which is what you think, stocks, bonds, you know, then you have annuities, then you have life insurance. And if that person doesn't do all three of those, you should probably scratch your head and say, you know, I, I want someone that has all the options because 
you know, not surprisingly, if they don't have one of those options, what happens to that option? Oh, that's bad. You know, that's bad. Annuity's mm-hmm. bad. Life insurance is bad. Oh, AUM's bad. And, you know, our GPS system does a really good job, I think, explaining to people the golden portfolio system breaks down essentially, the, you know, what I think of it in terms of investments, it should be in terms of needs. So when you're thinking, do I have the right investment allocation? Why, you know, I think of it in terms of growth, safety, liquidity, and income. And if you have those, you know, four buckets filled correctly and, you know, linked to your needs and your lifestyle, then you're doing a great job. And you don't, it doesn't matter what it's invested in. And I think that's what gets lost in all of this is all this stuff ends up kind of mushing together and being kind of the same, Randy. You know, like all, all these different tactics and salesmanship, is, it's really unfortunate because I don't think it, at the end of the day is a huge difference maker for the retiree as long as the right overarching needs of that client's met. And it can be met by any of those three tools if done correctly. And I think that's the takeaway is like we shouldn't be focusing so much on investments but on what retirees actually need and want. And then there's a lot of ways to to skin the cat, Randy. There's a lot of ways to protect your money. This is one of them. And it's probably one of those things as you get into your 60s and some of these policies start to expire, you wonder, what should I do next? And that's where you can sit down with the team at Golden Reserve and talk through it. You can uh, get in touch with Greg and the team. Two different ways here. GetYourRoadmap.com is our website. Pretty easy there. We'll ask you to fill in a little information and our team will reach out to you. You can also reach out to us, 855-546-2074, 855-546-2074. Well, we probably heard the phrase, okay, boomer. Believe me, I've heard it. I've heard it, okay? It's when you're, you know, you're screwing up and you look at somebody and you go, can you help me with my computer? Or can you help me with my phone? Or, can, you know, I get it, okay. Uh, you know, I started in, with computers when I was 30 years old, okay? That's why I'm not that good at it. All right, but... I think we're going to change the dynamic of OK Boomer to OK Boomer, because apparently $85 trillion is going to be passed down in the next couple of years from boomers to the next generation down. So there's a group out there that uh, probably want it. There's a group that need it. There's a group that can't wait to get it. And, Greg, this is a conversation I know that comes up with you. I've got three kids. They're three different, completely three different kids, three different needs. How do I be fair to all three? It's a great question. You know, I, for those of you that don't know and, and don't you know follow the show regularly, my background was estate planning for 10 years. So essentially elder care and estate planning. So all I did was have this conversation four times a day. <laughs> and, you know, so to say that, you know, I have some experience here is an understatement for the massive, you know, the massive fluent of those people that have between 3 million and $500,000. The first myth, Randy, is I don't have enough money to have an estate plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that that's the first hurdle to get over. Like, Greg, I only have like $500,000. I'm like, does that sound like a lot of money? Yeah, it, it, it yeah. does. And, and it could be very meaningful or it could cause a lot of problems. Um, if not distributed correctly. And I, and I think when we sit down with families, you know, we talk about the roadmap every segment. And it's because it's so important because it's actually about retirement. You notice when you sit down with the Golden Reserve team and hear us talk, we're going to talk about retirement issues. And it's not just about investments. And, and part of that is talking about taxes. It's talking about fees. It's talking about market risk. It's talking about long-term care. But it's also talking about legal. And because we have CPAs and a law firm under one roof that we control, you know, this is one of the big pluses where we can sit down and say, let's break this down and have you answer some questions and talk to one of the attorneys here so that you can understand what your options are. Because most people just have a will, right? When you're when you're working hard and you're raising your kids, you have a will because everyone says get a will. 
it says, you know, to my kids equally, if something happens to me and, you know, or to my spouse and then to my kids equally. And that's usually the extent of it, but it has the guardianship of who will take care of your children if something happens to you. So that's an important document. But at the end of the day, when you transition to retirement, when you're actually lived, you know, another 20 or 30 years of your life, things have changed. And the first thing is who's going to be in control of the money if you guys can't be? I think that's, you know, obviously it's usually one spouse goes to the other spouse. But after that, who's in charge of the purse strings? That's an important part to really think. And it doesn't have to be someone that is completely a money manager or understands. It just usually is someone that's pretty financially responsible. Mm -hmm. Do you have a kid that pays their bills on time that is very, you know, obviously conservative in terms of how they view their finances? Organized are some good traits. All those things are, are how you pick the right trustee or executor. And then when it comes to how does the money distributed, you know, that's a whole other bag of worms. But we want to dig in a little bit and understand, all right, where are these kids at in life? What do you think? The most common distribution pattern is thirds, which is one-third at 25, one-third at 30, one-third at 35. Okay. That's that's probably the boilerplate gold standard of distribution. And people are like, well, why do you break it up? And we break it up for a handful of reasons. One, if they make a bad financial decision, they still have two-thirds left out of the gate. And, you know, everyone take a second, close your eyes. Remember when you were 25. <laughs> Did you make some O's when it yeah. came to finances? Oh, yeah. You know, so, so that's why we do it. It also gives a little divorce protection. So, you know, in this day and age where people are getting, you know, divorced much more regularly, uh, they don't have access to the whole kit and caboodle. So that's another good reason to kind of break this up. And reality is you're going to probably, you know, a high probability that – they're going to be over 35 when they actually inherit the money. And at that point, most relate, you know, a lot of people are, are down a different road. But the fun part, Randy, is you can do whatever you want. It can be 30, 35, 40. Mm -hmm. It can be quarters. It could be halves. Uh, there's no rules in terms of how you have to distribute your money, but we don't want to over bake it too much. Like, you know, when you start getting too complicated, things start to get hairy and, and usually not administrated correctly or very expensive. Um, so that's one way. I always say, to your point, you don't have to treat everybody the same. You know, kids are different. Life's different. You know, sometimes if you have a the starving artist kid and you give them it all, they'll probably just give it all away. So you may just say, listen, I want this to be an income stream for this kid for the rest of their life. I want X dollars per month or X dollars per quarter or X dollars per year. And I just want you to keep giving it to them forever. And I know that they'll always be taken care of and they'll always be able to make rent or pay for their house. And that's not uncommon. Uh, other folks. You know, say, I want some percentage to go to my grandkids. That's been, you know, as people are living longer, they're, they're much more active in their grandkids' lives. And they say, you know what? My kids have done great. They don't need this money. I'd love for this to go to my grandkids. Or I'd love to go for this, my grandkids' education. You can have a grandkids' education component. All these fun things uh, should be discussed when you put your estate plan together. And as part of Golden Reserve's roadmap, we do it with everybody. So it's always fun to be able to explore these options uh, with retirees that a lot of times they've never heard of them. They've just got their will or their attorney just, you know, sold them a revocable trust and said, hey, it's going to your kids. And they didn't have the fun distributions conversation. You work so hard. At, you know, what we see happening is a lot of times people mail in the last piece. And that can be a big problem where the money distributes in ways that actually hurt the kid or the grandchild and doesn't help them. Because if you're an 18-year-old and you inherit $250,000 from grandpa and grandma, it's not going to end well. Right. It's it just not. And people are like, well, what do you mean? Now, they'll be fine. I'm like, no, they won't. No, they won't. I mean, you'll have, that kid will have the greatest spring breaks of all time uh, at college or who knows what's going to happen. You know, like, you know, you want that money to be a asset and help them age and make their life a little easier. And there's ways, we, you know, there's a hundred different ways that we can do that to, to structure it. So having that conversation is part of every roadmap, Ramon, and we hope people sit down and take the time to do it. Give us a call at Golden Reserve or go to our website. This is one of those boxes that a lot of people don't check off, and it certainly is a part of retirement planning and financial planning. So 
GetYourRoadmap.com is our website. You can start right there or give us a call at 855-546-2074. 855-546-2074. What can we learn about our retirement from how we watch TV? We'll tell you that coming up next on Expedition Retirement. After 30 years of working and worrying, are you still worrying about losing money in retirement? You've earned the right for your retirement and investments to be predictable and, quite frankly, boring. While your life with friends and family should be the exciting part, we see folks using the same financial advisor that got them to retirement in retirement. The problem is that same advisor usually means the same risky and overly expensive investments, too, with fees. You need to know what accounts can go backwards and by how much. That's why we run a market flashlight for every retiree we meet. It shows what's at risk and what that means in real dollars when the market crashes again. That way you decide how much is at risk, not your financial advisor. To learn more about our market flashlight and other retirement tools and how we can protect and guide you down retirement mountain, go to getyourroadmap.com. That's getyourroadmap.com. And welcome back to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve. Online, you can find us at GetYourRoadmap.com. We also have a podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find it there under Expedition Retirement. Okay, how we watch TV. Greg, did you actually have a TV with a antenna up above your house at one point in your life? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 yeah I, was a, I was a child of the 80s. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we were, we were the ones who were, you know, with the aluminum foil and trying to make the picture better. But now we've changed our, uh, our traditional habits here. 40% of us now stream everything we watch on TV. Cable is down to about 30% and then broadcast TV at an all-time low now of about 20%, which is kind of interesting the way we have changed our habits there. But we've also changed our habits when it comes to planning for retirement. Greg, it has always been stocks for growth, bonds for protection. Stocks and bonds, stocks and bonds, that's what they preached along the way. But in the same way that we've changed our TV habits, i got to believe we've changed our investing habits, or they probably should change as we get closer to retirement. So what do you say to people? You go from that time when you're packing money away to the time when you're using that money. There's got to be a change. When it comes to retirement, no words have ever, you know, true been spoken, right? Like, because the thing that we got it right out of the gate is kind of naive. In, you know, 1980s, where people just started giving their money to financial advisors and letting them charge 1% or 2% and thinking that was the best route for them to, you know, secure their retirement is kind of silly, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and yet that's still what the majority of the industry is trying to sell to retirees. You know, they're saying, you know what, just give us all your money and we're going to put it in the market and don't worry. We know what we're doing, and you'll get 1%. Uh, we'll charge you 1%, and hopefully you, you, you make more than you lose. And, you know, the market's been pretty cooperative for the last 20 years. But, you know, if you retire at the wrong point, you know, in 2000, 2008 or nine, 2022, you may never get back to even. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary place to be for a retiree where you come out of the gate and, and you lose 20% or 30%. And I think that can't be the best we can do. <laughs> losing a third of someone's life savings in the first year they retire seems like a model that's a little broken. Yeah. And just because they control all the narrative by their trillions of dollars of spending and Sunday commercials and whales and rocks and bowls and all the other fun 
puns that you see out there, you know, the, the Edelman's, the Fishers, the Eddie Joneses, I, I think that we can do better and we need to do better. And, and unlike, I, I view them as, you know, it's funny that they use this comparison. In my book, I call them the VCRs. You know, Edelman and Eddie are the VCRs of retirement, the top load quasars. Remember those, the old ones? <laughs> yeah. You know, the be kind, rewind. Uh-huh. You know, th- th- that that is where they're at. They're still in that ice age because they're still making a lot of money doing it. And that's why they haven't evolved. It's not because there's not better options. It's just because people are still doing it, so they're still getting paid for it. So why would I change if I don't have to? I truly believe the 1% fee model is the race to zero. Mm-hmm. I, I think eventually people are going to be like, you know what, what are you actually doing for me? What kind of action are you actually taking for my retirement to make it safer, more predictable? What services are you provided? What are you actually doing on a weekly? Because if I'm paying you 1% and my investments cost 1% and I gave you half a million dollars, I'm paying you $10,000 a year. Yep. And if I'm scratching my head as a retiree and saying, what else do I spend $10,000 on? And am I really getting the value? And if the market doesn't keep hiding those fees and you start losing money, you're going to start asking some different questions. The benefit of being a financial advisor for the last 20 years is the market's won most you know, most years. So it just nets off their fees. So they're just like, you can't see what you're paying because you're making a little bit of money. And you attribute that psychologically to the financial advisor when in reality it has nothing to do with the financial advisor. The market as a whole just wins. And by you know de facto, your money goes up. And you're like, wow, Chip did a great job for me this year. No, Chip didn't do a great job. The S&P did. And if you're not beating the S&P, that's what people like, well, what would you do, Greg? Well, first of all, I'd say, did you beat the S&P? Because you can basically ride the S&P in Vanguard, Fidelity, Schwab for free. Mm -hmm. You know, it it basically costs nothing to buy an index or an ETF that can ride it. So if you're not beating the indexes, net fees, after you pay your fees, you should be scratching your head. But the second thing you should do is really figure out what you're paying. Our roadmap includes a fee filter, which basically you give us your statements or your financial advisor won't know. We will break down what you're paying your advisor and what you're paying in investment costs. A lot of times those mutual funds have a lot of costs you don't know about. Your variable annuity may have you know, a bunch of costs you didn't know about. We lay it out to the penny what you're paying each year. And then over the course of retirement to show you, hey, over the course of retirement, a $10,000 fee adds up to, you know, gosh, you know, $100,000 a decade, $300,000 a retirement. And that's just on $500,000. I'll say it again, $300,000 fees on a $500,000 investment. And you have to ask yourself, what am I getting? And a lot of times the cupboard's bare. There's not a lot, you're not getting a lot. So that fee filter is where you should start, Randy. And, And a lot of times things are changing. And when we look at how people are investing, there's a lot more conservative, predictable, safe options. And we talk about Obviously, annuities a lot on this show, but the insurance companies are taking advantage of this wave of saying, you know what? Why don't we just give someone 5% guaranteed a year? Okay. Yeah, we can do that. We can replace bonds. We can replace investments. And most retirees are like, yeah, that sounds great. That sounds fantastic. That sounds predictable. And oh, by the way, it's tax deferred. So you have preferential tax treatment. These are ways that the insurance companies are going out and taking money out of the AUM model. And, you know, they make a lot of sense for a lot of retirees if that's what they want or a blend of using those. Versus having everyone putting all their life savings because the problem with the AUM folks, Randy, is there's no other options. So guess what? Every dollar you have is usually in the market because they don't have any other options. And because they don't have any other options, your whole life savings is at risk to the market and you're still paying max fee, which is 1% on the whole kit and caboodle. And that times, you know, to me, it doesn't make sense. It's not, it doesn't align with what retirees really want, which is predictable, safe, 
and reasonable ways to live the rest of their golden years without having to look at the stock ticker every morning. So we talk about this every single week on the show. And if it's intriguing to you to find out, you know, what exactly am I paying for all of this? You should know that number and you should also know that number as it adds up through your retirement. It's one thing to look at it for one year and you go, well, okay, but now add it up, as Greg says, over 25 or 30 years. Then that number becomes eye opening and you say, I got to do something about this. One of the other ways that you can do other than a meeting with Greg and the team at Golden Reserve is pick up Greg's book, which is Fire Your Financial Advisor. FireYourFinancialAdvisor.com is our website we have. But, Greg, on Amazon right now in the month of October, as we move in there, we have a, a deal on the, uh, the audio book. Yep, you can get it for 99 cents for the month of October if you, if you log in. Um, you can snag it up for a, a discounted rate of 99 cents if you like audiobooks. And, you know, Randy, if you don't, you can go to fireyourfinancialadvisor.com and type in radio, and you can still get the real hardcover book for half off. So we're pushing that out there uh, in the fall for some uh, our Halloween treat, I guess. So there, there you go. go. I love it. All right. You can also find us online at getyourroadmap.com if you want to start there. You can do that or give us a call as well, 855-546-2074. All right, so we talked a little bit about uh, the auto worker. We talked about the strike with the Screen Actors Guild. We also have a UAW strike going on right now. And what do you have in common with them? Well, here's on ABC 12 in Flint, Michigan. There's a woman here. Her name is Debbie Kirchner. She was uh, interviewed, and I think that we can kind of identify with what she's talking about. They get angry because you're contract after contract, there's nothing for retirees. And the really older ones that retired prior to the 80s, they're hurting because they had very small pensions in comparison. And even when I retired, the pension rate hadn't been raised in over a decade. So it's interesting. She's saying that what they're being paid in retirement is not keeping up with the cost of living. Uh, even if you have a pension, they are having that problem. So, Greg, we look at a pension as being such a great thing, and it is. But if it doesn't keep up with the cost of living, what good is that? And I think that we kind of have something in common. We need to build rising income for ourselves in our retirement, not just guaranteed income. I think that's absolutely right. I, th I think I would take a step back. Like sometimes there's this knee-jerk reaction. You listen to the news. You listen to all the things about the cost of living. And you kind of get caught up in the numbers. Oh, inflation's 47 percent or something. <laughs> Bacon's, you know, gas. You know, that, you know, everybody keeps piling on. And you know what? It has been a huge run of inflation, and that obviously is to be expected when the government drops $48 trillion into you know, the market um, over the last five years. But you know, at the end of the day, I think we have to take a step back, take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. and, and when we build a roadmap for folks, there's, there's a thing called the income tent, and it's one of the most important things that everyone should do some version of this. If you don't do it with us, do it with someone else, where you actually identify, here's what I spent last year. Here's what came in last year. And here's my nest egg to supplement that if there's a shortfall. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it will be eye-opening for most retirees of how much room they have to spend more money. Mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not joking. You know, I, I hear what she's saying. I don't know if I'm buying it, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I mean, maybe she didn't do an income tent. You know, mm -hmm. I, I feel like some of these are talking points, uh, maybe for the UAW to get more, <laughs> to get raises and, 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 and to get what they want. I don't know. I didn't really dig in that deep. But I do know that most people come in with the same fear Debbie had, which is, I think I'm going to run out of money. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to run out of money. And when we actually do the math, we say, well, look, if you lived and got a 5% return for the next 30 years, you'd still have $487,000 left over, or you'd have a million two left over. And they'd be like, what? 
Like, yeah, look, you know, this is actually what you're doing. There's a huge gap between what financial industry is telling the world and what is actually happening at home. Because, Randy, let's be honest. Let's think of the average boomer retiree. And I'm not going to make the comment you made earlier. It's not going to be an okay boomer. (laughs) You know, the actual boomer retiree walks through our doors. Their house is usually paid off, if not pretty close. Their vehicles are paid off. Kids' debts paid off for school. And, you know, they're, they're thinking, okay, well, what do I have now? Well, you know, what do you have now? You have travel, you have food, you know, dinners, you know, things that you want to go out on. And, and these people are living very modestly. So when you, when you sit down and you break it down, even if you're going to Florida for three or four months and splurging on some fun stuff, you know, we're still having trouble, you know, what going negative each year when you add up their social security or maybe their pensions and, and, and it's exciting. And these aren't people that are multimillionaires. These are people that worked at Honda of America or Budweiser here in Columbus. I mean, these are, you know, our good year up in, you know, the Northeast. You know, these are the Ohioans, right? These are people that, you know, were teachers, uh, maybe on STRS. I mean, these people lived and worked very modestly, did well. But at the same time, we're not talking about people that are multimillionaires. We're talking about everyday folks. And, and when you have the income tenant, you know, that's one of my favorite things that our retirement planners deliver to folks. It really gives them this whole new perspective of like, oh. I never did the math because no one ever wants to do the math, right? Because if people did the math, the industry would be crippled because you wouldn't have to take on so much risk. The only justification financial advisors like Edward Jones and Fisher and Edelman have for putting your life savings on the blackjack table is, well, we need to get, we need to get returns. We need to get 10% returns for you to, you know, outpace inflation. Really? Bacon? An extra buck for bacon is going to be, you know, me putting my million dollar IRA in the stock market. Is that really going to, you know, break the back of my retirement? The answer is, of course it isn't. But that's the only story they have. So if they actually did the math with you and showed you that, wow, you don't have to take on that level of risk. And you know what? Even if you go a little red, isn't that the whole idea of retirement is to have a piggy bank to spend it? You know, this whole narrative of like, well, I only want to live off my interest. What? So what? So that you can die with a certain number of zeros in your bank account? Like, that's nonsense. The whole idea of retirement is to enjoy it, to do the things you want to do. Your kids don't care about getting an inheritance. They want you to live your best life. They want you to be happy. They want you to actually enjoy what you've worked your whole life to put aside to, you know, live retirement. And when people start thinking like that, you're like, oh, I can spend some of my piggy bank? Yes, Spend some of your piggy bank, please. I mean, that's the whole idea because people are doing without in their early 60s. And we know what happens. The older you get, usually the less you travel, the less you do things. So in that first run of retirement, Randy, you're always going to spend more money, hopefully, because you're going to be doing stuff. You're going to be running around. You know, maybe when you get in your 80s, it slows down a little bit. But you're still, you know, have the benefit of having that piggy bank to supplement what you need. And it's just easy math. And yet no one does it. It drives me absolutely crazy when the financial industry is like, well, you, you just got to live off your interest. You know, you don't want to go backwards. What, what if you need that? Well, what else would I need that for? The average age in America is 78. That is the average lifespan, 78. You know, however you want to view that, you can do anyway, but enjoy your money. And the income tent, I think we're one of the few places that encourage people to spend more. And the reason is simple. We don't get paid 1% on all your life savings. And the reason financial advisors don't have this conversation, in my humble opinion, is that if you spend your money, they take a pay cut. If you enjoy your retirement, they take a pay cut. They scare you with the cost of a living and inflation. You can't do the math. You don't understand what they're saying, but they're saying scary things. So what do you do? Yeah, maybe we shouldn't buy that new car. Maybe we shouldn't go to Florida for an extra month this year. Because, you know, Chip said that, you know, inflation's raising. You know, bacon's an extra dollar seventy-five, and, you know, milk's an extra dollar. So I'm not going to tap into my million-dollar IRA. 
Like, it's ridiculous. And I think if people take a step back and a deep breath, and that's why Golden Reserve, it hopefully being the disruptor brand that we are, we want to have retirees having a new way of looking, a new, you know, guide, a new protector. And, you know, being sheepdogs is kind of what we do and it's who we are. And we feel like we have to keep the wolves away. And the wolves are more concerned about their retirement savings than retirees. And I think that's where we have to step in. You're listening to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve, giving you permission to spend all that money that you've saved all these years instead of saying, put it at more risks so we've got more. Give us a look on our website. I believe that the conversation that you have with the team at Golden Reserve is going to be very different. GetYourRoadmap.com is our website. GetYourRoadmap.com. We'll ask you a few questions there. Our team will reach out to you. We'll get a date on a calendar. Let's sit down and talk through your questions about retirement. 855-546-2074 is our number. 855-546-2074. We'll be right back with more Expedition Retirement. here's just a couple of questions for you. Are you retired or are you getting close to it? Are you nervous about running out of money? Do you have a plan for taxes and long-term care? And do you know how much you're paying your financial advisor? These are all good questions. Most of us don't know the answers to them. And that is why Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve has written his Amazon bestseller, Fire Your Financial Advisor, 40 years of exploitation of the American retiree and how you can fight back. Greg, why are you picking a fight with one of the world's biggest industries? (laughs) I don't know, Randy. I guess I wrote it for folks like my mom and dad and people just like them, right? They weren't multimillionaires. They were the other 95 percenters that had to work, earn and really save every penny. And, you know, the book really is a history lesson on how the financial industry took advantage of folks like them in retirement and how we can now fix it. And the book provides you with some materials to really help put those emotions aside and figure out, Randy, if you should fire your financial advisor. Well, there is another way, and Greg has outlined it in his book. Go to fireyourfinancialadvisor.com. We're going to give you a deal right now. If you use the promo code RADIO and you're one of the first 100 people to do this, you'll get 50% off your purchase. So go there right now, fireyourfinancialadvisor.com. Coming up in the second half of Expedition Retirement, what can we learn about retirement from Jimmy Buffett? Flowered shirts. That's that's what I've learned about <laughs> Jimmy Buffett. All right. What can we learn about the financial industry from a can of Pringles? And why should you not be a do-it-yourselfer when it comes to taxes? All of that is coming up. Okay. We're going to call this the name game because the people at Pringles Potato Chips turned 45 this year. We've been eating Pringles for 45 years, but I just stepped into it because apparently there's a big debate about Pringles. You can't call them chips because they're not officially sliced potatoes. They're made from potato paste, so they have to be called potato crisps. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Aren't people, don't have people have better things to do? You would Could think. you imagine being the person that's in charge of this and be like, wow, this is, this is something. <laughs> all right, Greg, we talk about names and labels on this show all the time. In the financial world, if you pass this test, you can call yourself this. If you've got a four-year degree, you can call yourself that. You've got this license, oh, but you can't call yourself a fiduciary. There's a lot of this going on in the financial business, and it's, it's kind of as silly as Pringles, isn't it? 
It is. It's silly. It's silly, silly. <laughs> it sounds like the financial industry is in charge of this Pringle slandering <laughs> campaign. It feels like that would be very fitting for the, you know, the uh. Mr. Edelman. Ken Fisher, you know, yep. Penny over at Eddie, you know, Eddie J's and maybe it's the wavy lays guys. I don't know. You know, that's, that's, that's one, maybe they partnered in some type I don't of know. I don't know. Uh, action, but it, it is silly. It's people love names. They love titles. They love affiliations that make things simpler. And I don't blame them, right? Mm -hmm. If you can attach to an affiliation to help you make a decision easier, you do that. And that's and the finance industry knows that they know that if they could get people to ask the question, are you a CFP? Are you fee only? Are you a fiduciary? And if they say yes, that makes their decision easier. Then that's a box they can check, and they have no idea what that means. Mm -hmm. But it's a label. It's not a potato crisp. It's a potato chip. <laughs> and I, I think you know when I when we break this down for folks, you know we we have to make it easy, right? Like because it's super complicated, and it's complicated on purpose. It's complicated because they don't want you to ask the right questions of what does it actually mean. So that we can we can break these down in order. Fee only. There's three big ones. I call them the three stooges. Fee only, CFP, and the fiduciary. And that doesn't mean that someone that has this is a stooge, but the whole idea of these things is just laughable. So, so fee only is simply, and I quote you, we're only going to charge. It's only bragging. It's not about services. It's how they charge you. So when someone says, I have a fee-only advisor, all they're saying is my person charges me 1, 1. 1.2, 1. 1.5% of my money, mm -hmm. regardless of anything they do. It's not a value proposition. It's not a service proposition. It's how they take money out of your account. They're bragging that they're not charging commissions, which <laughs> annuities have commissions, uh, CDs have commissions, and they don't have any ongoing fees, and they cost less a lot of times. But yet we've isolated those and kicked them out. And I'm a fee only advisor. So that's the first affiliation we hear a lot about. Are you a fee only? We're like, do you know what that means? And they just look at you. No, I don't know what that means, but I'm supposed to ask it, <laughs> you know? And so that's one, the, the next one's the CFP, the certified financial planner. Now I get it. It's three letters. It goes on business cards. It goes on websites. It's fun to say the States are even kind of embracing it in some ways, but let me be very clear. The CFP is issued by a marketing company that has no auditing division. Why is that significant? That means if you end up passing a test of a bunch of academia, no application, no experience required, you have no requirements in terms of the number of retirement planners or retirees that you've met with, how long you've been practicing, none of that's required. All that matters is you have to pass tests. And we know some people are good at book tests and some people are not good at book tests. And a, a big component of being a financial advisor or in the industry is customer service, which again is not factored in at all. But I digress. You pay 400 bucks-ish a year and you get to keep the letters no matter how bad you screw up they do not have an auditing division so like think of it like the sec has an auditing division right so if you go out there and you screw some up you can lose your license like you can lose your your securities license that's just how it's set up if you're a an attorney you know the bar association has a, you know the bar so the local state bar so ohio has a bar association that comes out you could lose your license medical medical panel lose your license accounting lose your license you cannot lose this cfp i've never seen anyone lose their cfp um, maybe they have, maybe someone can find a story and send it our way. But as far as I've known, um, you have to basically, I, I don't know if it requires like a triple homicide or some type of, you know, mass infringement to be not a CFP. And I guess why this is scary is the designation is only as meaningful as the standards in which are upheld to keep it. And if you don't uphold the standards in which they perpetuate, how could you say that with a straight face? It's just marketing. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that's all it's ever been to us. And now, does it mean your CFP is a bad person or a bad advisor? No, I'm just saying I'm not using that as a gateway to make a decision regarding my life savings because it's not meaningful. 
It, it has no meaning other than it's three letters that everybody knows and it's a fun thing to ask. And then, you know, the walk on water, the last one, the third stooge, fiduciaries. And I promise you people have no idea what this means because this standard in which they perpetuate by this is completely a financial industry scam where they want to box out insurance companies. They don't want because obviously people are wanting more insurance when they're retired. The people that don't have millions and millions of dollars that have the, the you know the bandwidth to lose some money are finding it annuities much more safe, easy to understand, predictable, um, not as expensive um, over time. And maybe because of that, they had to come up with a rule called a fiduciary. And really what the fiduciary really comes down to, they're gonna, somebody's going to recite a standard. I'm going to ignore that standard. I'll come back to it later. What being a fiduciary means is you can't sell insurance. That's what it means. Wow. That's what it means in a nutshell. And I know people are going to lose their minds. I'm going to get a bunch of emails. <laughs> I don't care. That's what it means. That's the whole purpose of it. The purpose was to box out the insurance agencies. It had nothing to do with the clients. It has nothing to do with consumers. They're going to say it's a best interest standard. So if you're a quote unquote fiduciary, you have to operate under the best interest of your client where the insurance companies operate under a suitability standard is mm -hmm. what that means. Nobody knows. <laughs> it is such a mouthful of jumbled up nonsense. Like, you know, the person that is a jerk doesn't know he's a jerk. But if you're, no, I believe this was the best interest of my client to charge them 1.5% every year. Like, this is the kind of double backwards talk and hyperbole that has ruined the financial services industry. And because of that, no one knows what to believe anymore. Nobody has anywhere to understand because they're saying, well, that person doesn't act in your best interest. And here's, here's the irony. I hate the fiduciary standard so much. You want to hear what we do? Every one of my retirement planners, everyone across the whole state is Series 65 licensed. What that means is we can hold ourselves out to be fiduciaries. We can say we're fiduciaries because we have the licensing. On my website, in bold letters, is we choose not to be fiduciaries at Golden Reserve. <laughs> that is how ridiculous this standard is. And we choose not to do it because we don't believe it's in the client's best interest. We believe we should be able to use any financial tool at our disposal for or our clients. And we will not be beholden by some made-up terminology that has no significance to our clients. And actually, we believe hurts our clients. And because of that, we will literally keep the licensing so we can stick it to them and say, listen, we could be, we choose not to be. And we choose not to be because it hurts our clients to not have access to tools that sell commission, that have commission-based tools. And by the way, the commission-based tools, everything in life is commission-based. Like your iPhone, commission-based. Like, you know, your, your, everything has, it's called a profit margin. Everyone makes money on something. And that it just makes me scratch my head because the annuities you sell, the money doesn't come out of your money. It's already actuary written. So when someone says you get 5%, just like a CD, you get 5%. You don't get 5% minus their fees. Unlike the AUM fiduciary model where their 1% or 2% comes out of your account every year. And I just can't do that. The math doesn't make sense to me. It never has made sense to me. And I think if you had a calculator in an hour and you were a little bored, you could figure it out too. The way people manipulate these names, and the only reason people ask the question is because they've got trillions of marketing dollars to flood the market to basically say this is the number one. If you Google anything, what's the number one question you should ask when you're retiring? It's going to be some silly question. Are you a fee-only advisor? <laughs> are you, do you have your CFP? And are you a fiduciary? None of those have anything to do with cutting fees, <laughs> doing legal planning, tax planning. None of those have anything to do with IRA 
tax planning, all of these things get missed. The most important things for most retirees aren't addressed at all by those three letters, by fiduciary or the fee only component. Yet people are asking that. Here's here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to drop. I'm going to. I know we're going long on this segment. Okay. But at the end of the day, the one thing you should ask is, what do you do for me? What are your services? That is you know, buying things 101. <laughs> what are you actually doing for me every year that will help me have a better retirement? They're going to have an answer, but if it's all smoke and mirrors, and many times it will be, you should raise an eyebrow. Where at Golden Reserve, we can sit down and tell you, you're going to get an IRA tax map that will update every year that will tell you how much to take out of your IRA to really stick it to Uncle Sam. We'll do a market analysis showing you what percentage and dollars are at risk every year to make sure you're comfortable. We'll make sure that all your fees are optimized, are removed or, you know, every year so you can see what's coming out of your account. And then we'll do a long-term care compass where we'll break down, do you have a plan for long-term care, which is the biggest risk in retirement that no one wants to talk about? And is it addressed year to year based on the health of, of both you guys? And, you know, from there you get your income tent, you get the GPS. We're stacking up five or six meaningful services that you'd have to go out and pay for. You'd have to pay to CPA. You'd have to pay an attorney to do all these things. Instead, they're included in our fees. And Randy, that's how you compound and equate value to your services as opposed to a bunch of punchlines and names. And instead of, I guess we're the, unfortunately, I'm with Pringles, man. I'm a potato crisp. And I'm okay being a potato crisp. If being a potato chip means that clients aren't getting what they want. Well, you do use the word chip every now and then as, uh, as an example of the financial advisor. Well, every show I say, you know, the, the reason I do this is because I want to show you every week how Golden Reserve is different. And I think that from this segment here, you can see how Greg and his team and his philosophy are very different of planning for retirement as opposed to that investment financial advisor. Give us a call. Give us a look on the website and find out for yourself. Let's sit down and run some numbers for you and go through the roadmap for retirement. Getyourroadmap.com is our website. We'll do this for you at no charge. Getyourroadmap.com. We'll ask you a few questions there. Fill them out. Our team reaches out to you. Or you can reach out to us. 855-546-2074. 855-546-2074. We'll be right back with more Expedition Retirement. You know where to save 10 cents on gas, where the best deals are on salt for the driveway, too. Retirees are amazing at finding deals, except when it comes to their actual retirement. We asked 100 retirees how much their financial advisor and investments cost each year, and 100 retirees didn't know. You see, the financial industry has made it so confusing that nobody can figure out what you're paying anymore for the most important financial decision of your life. Many retirees who come through our doors are paying over $10,000 a year in advisor and investment fees. That could be over a quarter of a million dollars over their retirement. At Golden Reserve, we're tired of hidden fees, so we created the Fee Filter. This tool shows you what you're paying your financial advisor and for your investments they sold you. To learn more about our Fee Filter and other retirement tools and how we can protect and guide you down Retirement Mountain, Go to GetYourRoadmap.com. That's GetYourRoadmap.com. Welcome back to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler at Golden Reserve. Online, you can find us at GetYourRoadmap.com. Well, most of us are going to get all our money from one place, our job. That's what we do. We have a job. 
We put money away, we save money, we get ready for retirement. But you'll find that wealthy people tend to get paid from more than one place. Take Jimmy Buffett. Very sad that we lost Jimmy Buffett not that long ago. They keep playing his music on the radio. It just you know kind of gets me in the heart. But when he died, he has an estate worth a billion dollars. Okay? A billion dollars with a B. Yet, only 5% of that money came from his music library. The rest of it has come from T-shirts and vacation resorts and restaurants and casinos and drink mixes and all sorts of different things that Jimmy Buffett kind of distributed his wealth and got income from all these different places. So there is a retirement lesson here when we talk about getting paid from more than one place. We're going to get Social Security. Maybe you're going to get a pension and then you've saved money. So that's three but there are more that you need to explore. And, Greg, that is what you do when you sit down with people is what's going in, what's coming out. And if we need to increase that, let's figure it out. You know, first of all, who doesn't love Jimmy Buffett? Oh, my right? God. I think, he, I think he may be one of the most adored musicians of all time. There wasn't one person that didn't smile when they heard Cheeseburger in Paradise. Exactly. When we think about our investments, I'm going to take a step back and say we don't have a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. So, so, so Jimmy's, you know, situation is going to be a little bit different than the retirees, but I'll make this very relatable to start off with. First, we want to put a box around what we have. Let's figure out what we have. Then we got to figure out what can take money out of that. So when we do that, that's our roadmap, right? It's the four biggest risks, fees, taxes, market risk, long-term care. Let's make sure we have plans for each of those. That's what our roadmap does. Then we transition to the income tent that basically breaks down. Okay. Now that we know what can take money out of our, you know, life savings, you know, what do we actually need to enjoy ourselves? And that income tent, you know, shows you what you spend last year, what you made, and kind of factors in a little bit of inflation, some other fun stuff to make sure that we project it out for the next 25 years with 5% returns to see kind of where everything lands. And that's our baseline. That's our North Star, Randy. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we're going to start doing kind of what you said is let's figure out what flavors of different investments we want to put in here. Now, our flavors, I'm going to think, I'm going to use it like ice cream, right? Like you got, you got your, you know, your, your vanilla, your chocolate, your strawberry. Mm Mm-hmm. So when we break it out, we call it our golden portfolio system, our GPS. And when we start filling them up, we have our growth bowl, we have our safety bowl, we have our liquid bowl, and then we have our income bowl. And, you know, while Jimmy had streams of feeding him income, we think it's equally as important to make sure you have the different buckets to house your money because you're a little bit different than Jimmy, right? Jimmy was just maximizing generational wealth. He was figuring out how much money he could stack up on money, on money, on money. For most retirees, they don't have that luxury. So what we're just trying to do is do we have the right allocation to fit what your needs are in retirement? And we back it into the income tent because if we know that we have more than enough money to enjoy retirement, we're going to either A, encourage you to spend it more. B, encourage you to spend it more. Or C, encourage you to spend it more. And by doing that, it allows us to then identify the different investment allocations. And I think most financial advisors have it backwards. They start there. They try to kick it off by saying, here's the investments. No, no, no. You can't even talk investments or income streams until we understand that your assets are A, first protected, which was what we do with our roadmap. B, have the income tent built. Then C, we're going to start worrying about those three buckets, growth, safety, liquidity, income. And you know, when people start saying, well, I'm gonna, what about real estate? And I'm like, well, it can be great, except for you're completely illiquid. And if you need those things, then it, it's challenging. So depending on your wealth and where you're at in life and what your needs are and what your income tent told us, that may not be a plausible option. Now, you know, it can't just be blindly affiliating with investments because they sound good. They need to fit into your plan. 
And, and, and I think most people that have less than two and a half, three million dollars don't have to get too crazy when it comes to their allocation. I mean, I like butter pecan ice cream, but I don't know if that's a bowl. I don't know if I get butter pecan, Randy. Mm -hmm. I, I think sometimes vanilla, chocolate, and strawberries are probably the three options that are the most predictable that we can we can use. And that usually has some ETFs and indexes, some, you know, annuities probably. You know, maybe your liquid bucket has some some access to money markets. I mean, these are all things that aren't, you know, revolutionary, but a lot of times that's what wins championships, being consistent. You know, the Woody Hayes, three yards in a cloud of dust, right? Mm -hmm. We, you know, running off tackle and doing it better than anybody else isn't always the sexiest thing to do, but you win football games. And I think to win retirement, sometimes it's okay to be a little bit boring. I always tell people your retirement should be the exciting part and your portfolio mix should be the boring part. It should not be complicated or locker room talk stuff. It's like, this isn't where we want to be creative. This is where we want to be consistent and predictable because that makes retirement very manageable for people out there. And Randy, we know that's the thing that we try to hammer home all the time uh, when we build roadmaps for families. You should know where you're getting paid in retirement. You know while you're getting paid now. You got that job and the paycheck comes every two weeks. Maybe you've got two jobs and you've got two different paychecks coming in. In retirement, you should know that as well. And to sit down with Greg and the team is the way to do that. Get the math done on your retirement. Find out what's going in, what's coming out, and let's figure out how you're going to do in retirement and, and build that retirement that you want. GetYourRoadmap.com is our website. We will do a roadmap for you retirement at no charge. GetYourRoadmap.com or give us a call at 855-546-2074. 546 2074. Greg, there's an article in Newsweek that says there's a lot of things in retirement that you can do on your own. But the one thing that you should not do on your own is taxes. A do-it-yourself approach to taxes can be a little bit on the dangerous side. They bring up a number of different things here, but the last one is the IRS is watching you. So if you make a mistake, they're ready to pounce. So why is it that people get over their skis when it comes to taxes? Well, you know, I think with all the legal Zoom and, and TurboTax and all the online things, they've, they've really simplified how to do taxes. So the actual application of doing tax returns, you know, I think people think, well, I do that on my own. That's not tax planning. That's tax prep. You're doing the year's over. There's no planning to do. <laughs> like like that, that is super baked. You're plugging a bunch of numbers in and paying whatever's paid. So when we talk about tax planning, we're talking about proactive things that you're doing to minimize tax exposure. You're trying to save money in taxes. And I think why this gets missed a lot is because it's not fun to talk about. Not a lot of people, you know, financial advisors, you know, accountants aren't really in the business of going out there and trying to help people save money in taxes. And, and because of that, it doesn't have a lot of discussion points. You don't hear a lot of talking about it, you know. So for us, you know, when we sit down and really break down how to win in taxes, you know, we have an internal team of CPAs that builds a tax map. And, you know, everyone knows that their largest tax, well, the most, the biggest area I can make an impact on tax. I know everyone has a story. The reality is, is there's not a lot of opportunities to consume whatever after-tax dollars you take and have tax benefit. And what I mean, let me put that another way. You really can't do that much tax planning if you're going to spend it. You can give money away. There's charitable gifting. There's generational gifting where you're putting money away for, and never spending it. There's ways you can save money doing that. But if you plan on using your money, your window of doing tax planning is very small. Don't let anybody lie to you. There's very few things that you can do to save money from a tax perspective when it comes to money that you actually need to spend in your lifetime. And one of the main things you can do 
is make your IRA tax, obviously, uh, exposure very efficient. And people don't realize this. It's, you know, their IRA, their 401k, whatever you want to call it, 403b, Ohio Deferred Comp. This is their biggest taxable asset. So this is your biggest opportunity to save money in taxes. And most people do the opposite. They don't plan at all, Randy. It's not even a DIYer. It's a do it later. Okay. It's a D-I-L. Or <laughs> I'll do it later. I'm going to do it later. It's because the industry has told us, our advisor has told us, hey, you can just wait till 73. Don't pay tax on it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at some level, you have to be like, well, wait a second, I'm retired. Income tax rates are super low. Why would I kick the can on this? That's a question you should be asking because if you wait later, Uncle Sam wins. Because if a spouse dies, you run into the widow's penalty where you're going to pay double interest rates because you go from a couple to a single filing taxpayer. Or it goes to your kids who are at their highest earning rates. So if you have a half a million dollar IRA and you're paying, you know, you could get it out. If you had a tax map, a tax plan with gold reserve, you could theoretically get that out at 10%. So you end up paying 50 grand. We get it out over 10 years. Right when you get retired, we utilize your lower tax rates. But if you wait and run into the widow's penalty and don't take anything out until 73 and you have an unexpected death of a, of a loved one, well, guess what? It could double. So you could end up paying 100000 Or even worse, it goes to your kids who pay 40% tax. They could end up paying... 200,000. So of your half million dollar IRA, you could pay almost half to Uncle Sam if you don't do the right planning. So that's why every you know plan that we build, every roadmap we sit down with, Randy, we start with the tax map because it's the easiest, lowest hanging fruit where we can actually be proactive and beat Uncle Sam in a way that's very predictable and easy. So the tax map is a part of every single roadmap for retirement. We also talk certainly about markets with the market flashlight, the fee filter, the long-term care compass, the income tent. Greg, run them down for us in the next 90 seconds as we bring the show to a close. Yeah, no problem. So the market flashlight, you know, it exposes where you're at. Most people don't have no idea how much money they have at risk in the market. This tool shows you not just what percentage is at risk, but what that means in dollars. If, if a 2009 happens again, a 2022 happens again, it really helps people identify, is this risk makes sense for my family? Next up, we have the tax map. You know, we get to sit down and show you what we just talked about, when to take money out of your IRA and how much every year. Our fee filter, we talked about that earlier too. How much am I paying in fees? Am I overpaying? Um, you know, what am I paying in advisor fees to my you know financial advisor, but also for my investments? And am I getting the right level of service with it? Um, so that's a very helpful tool. And the financial advisor will never know if we uh, we just have access to the statements. Uh, the long-term care compass, you sit down with one of our estate planning and elder care law attorneys and break down the legal options to protect your life savings from the biggest risk in retirement, which is long-term care. Uh, you know, things like asset protection trusts and other tools that most people don't even talk about that can be a huge gain changer in every retiree's retirement. And last but not least, the income tent breaks down to us exactly how much money uh, you spend each year, how much money you get each year, and what's the difference and what that looks like over the next 20 or 25 years to see if you're spending enough of your retirement, Randy, not too little. All that is included with every roadmap. We do that complimentary for anybody that comes in and sees us. And as Greg runs that down, I ask you, do you have all of that nailed down for your retirement? And the answer is no. Why don't you give us a call? Go to our website, getyourroadmap.com. We will do that for you at no charge. All of what Greg just explained. Getyourroadmap.com or 855-546-2074. 855-546-2074. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you'll join us again next time here on Expedition Retirement. Thanks for listening to Expedition Retirement with Greg Ayler. To learn more about getting the help you need to and through retirement, go to GetYourRoadmap.com. 
Investment advisory services offered only through investment advisory representatives at Golden Reserve Retirement, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Gregory Ayler does not provide investment advisory services nor insurance and annuity products. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed are not designed nor intended to be applicable to any person's individual circumstances. It should not be considered as investment advice, nor does it constitute a recommendation that anyone engage in or refrain from a particular course of action. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Golden Reserve is licensed in your state, please contact their office. Golden Reserve Retirement LLC, Golden Reserve LLC, Golden Reserve Tax LLC, and Ayler Stallings LLC are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Legal services offered by Ayler Stallings LLC. Tax services offered through Golden Reserve Tax LLC. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through licensed professionals at Golden Reserve LLC, NPN number 1655411.